Hello everyone, this is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing. This is the September 13th edition of the Today's Electrical Economy Podcast sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. Champion began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit fittings in 1988, and in 1989, they built the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. This met the most stringent codes and specifications. In today's broadcast, we'll recap electrical distributor merger and acquisition activity and offer an update on construction material pricing. As always, we'll review some of the key weekly economic indicators that will give you a sense of where the electrical economy may be headed in the coming weeks. We'll take a look at initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rig count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for once again sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy Series of Podcasts for 2021. We're delighted to be working with Champion. For the week ending September the 4th, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial unemployment claims was 310,000, a decrease of 35,000 from the previous week's revised level. This is the lowest level for initial claims since March 14, 2020, when it was 256,000. In August, the unemployment rate declined by 0.2 percentage points to 5.2%, according to the U.S. Bureau for Labor Statistics. The 10 states that had the biggest decline in unemployment claims for the week ending September the 4th were Missouri, with a decline of 7,676, Florida, with a decline of 3,886, the state of New York, with a decline of 3,561, state of Georgia, 2,892 fewer claims. Tennessee had a decline of 2,428. New Jersey with a decline of 1,444. Texas had a decline of 1,367. Pennsylvania checked in with a decline of 1,040. New Mexico was close to that with a decline of 1,033. And the District of Columbia with a decline of 992. On the flip side, these states had rather large increases in their unemployment claims. Louisiana led the list with 7,259. California had 5,604 more claims. Michigan had 4,823 more claims. Virginia had 2,904 more claims. The other states had relatively small increases in claims compared to past weeks. Nevada was up 429 claims. Indiana up 428 claims. Kansas up 347 claims. Rhode Island was up 333 claims. Hawaii was at 314 claims, and the state of Kentucky was up 262 claims. One of the more interesting leading indicators for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic because it's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, or AAR, which publishes this data weekly at www.aar.org. For the week ending September the 4th, total U.S. weekly rail traffic was 494,415 carloads and intramodal units. This is down 3% compared with the same week last year. Total combined traffic for the first 35 weeks of 2021 was 17,819,953 carloads and intramodal units. This represents an increase of 10.3% compared to last year. Five of the freight commodity groups that we look at are chugging along at a double-digit pace year-to-date. Metallic ores and metals is the leader with a 28.4% increase, followed by total intermodal units and motor vehicles and parts, both at up 14%. Grain is up 13.6% and coal is up 12.2%. Only two categories are tracking down year-to-date, petroleum and petroleum products with a 4% decline and non-metallic minerals with a 1.6% decline. 
If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes rig count. This tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. The data is available by state, by basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and gas deposits. It really gives you a sense of just how many rigs the large oil plays in Texas and Oklahoma have, and how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. There weren't any big surprises with the rig count data for the week ending September the 10th. U.S. total was up 249 since last year. It's at 503. The Permian Basin, the nation's largest individual basin, is up 130 rigs over last year at the same time. Eagle Ford is up 25 rigs. Willison Basin in North Dakota is up 14 rigs. Haynesville Basin up 13 rigs to 48 rigs. And the Cana Woodford Basin up 12 rigs. While the Baker Hughes rig count is on a positive track in 2021, it's important to see where it's at compared to fairly recent history. While the most recent data for the total U.S. rig count stands at 503, it's really a very small number when you look at where the rig count was from 2012 through 2015, when it averaged between 2,000 and 2,500 total oil rigs. The oil price for the West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil is back around $70 per barrel. It had taken a drop in mid-August when it dropped down to about $62.50, but it seems to be hovering right around that $70 mark over the past week or two. Economists like to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because it's a leading indicator for future economic activity. That's because copper is used in so many industries when the construction industry is one of the leading markets of it because of its use in wiring cable and copper plumbing pipe. Economists continue to watch copper price closely as a sign of inflation right now, but they are totally all over the place and it's very hard to get a real good fix of where they're going to be at over the next week or so. Copper prices remain over $4.20 per pound in early September and over the past week or so has been between $4.28 and $4.33 per pound. Distributor merger and acquisition activity has definitely heated up in recent months, and it continues that well-established trend that we've seen in the industry for mergers over the past few years. By our estimates, more than $1 billion in sales has changed hands in the past two years in just eight acquisitions. It's many times that if you include Wesco's purchase of Annexter, which added well over $7 billion in sales to Wesco. Let's take a look at these acquisitions. This slide shows the top 200 electrical distributors that have been acquired in just two years alone. Most recently, we had the acquisition by Sonopar of Springfield Electric Supply. We've got Wildcat Electric Supply being acquired by CED. Graybar acquired Shingle and Gibb Automation earlier this year. And Kendall Electric acquired Rumsey Electric. Omni Cable made a big acquisition earlier this year with the acquisition of Houston Wire and Cable. And you had the sale of Electric Supply of Tampa through the Supply Chain Equity Partners Group. Last year, we saw the acquisition of, of Baines Electric Supply by regional New England powerhouse Granite Electric Supply, the acquisition of Chelsea Lighting in New York by Kinsey Capital Partners, and of course the acquisition of Annexter by Wesco. Now let's drill down a bit into the distributed acquisition activity over the last five years. The next two slides sort out the 34 acquisitions of top 200 distributors alphabetically by acquire. In this slide, you can see that Border States, CED, Crescent, Graybar, and Kendall are among the most active acquirers. Over the past five years, Border States bought Chris Davis and Shealy. 
CED Wildcat Electric, Frost Electric Supply, Sun Valley Electric, New Light, 3E, and Tri-State in Pennsylvania. Preston made news when it bought National Electric in Albuquerque and Womack Electric based in Danville, Virginia. As mentioned earlier, Graybar Electric bought Shingle and Gibbs Automation. Earlier, it bought Cape Electric Supply. Kendall Electric made some big acquisitions too, some very, very large regional distributors with its acquisitions of Rumsey Electric Supply in the Philadelphia Metro and Becker Electric in Ohio. I just wanted to highlight some of the other companies that bought at least two of the top 200 strippers over the past couple of years. Certainly, you have to include Mayor Electric Supply, which bought Height Company and Upchurch Electrical Supply. A few years earlier, it also bought Mustang Electric Supply in Texas. We mentioned about Sonobar buying Springfield Electric in the past couple of years. It also bought City Electric Company out of Syracuse in 2018 and North Coast Electric in the Pacific Northwest in 2019. It also bought Grove Madison in Nevada in 2016. We mentioned the Wesco answer acquisition earlier. It, Wesco also bought Atlanta Electric Distributors. That was back in 2016. I'd like to finish up our presentation today with an update on construction material pricing. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics Producer Price Index, price increases have settled down a bit for most construction materials. They do remain at super high levels when you compare them at year-over-year -year rates. Steel pipe and brass tube, is one of the outliers with a particularly big increase over the past month or two. It's, it was up 9.2% since July. It was, and it's also still up 63.5% year over year. Lumber settled back a bit after some gigantic price increases. Right now it's down 17.2% since May, it's still up 15.9% year over year. One area that to look at as an economic indicator for specific product groups are scrap prices. Folks rely on them as an indicator of product demand. While pricing for iron and steel scrap is down 3.7% since July, they're still up 87% since August in 2020. The story is the same, perhaps a little less dramatic for copper scrap pricing. It happens to be down 4.8% from July, but it's still up 40% since last year. It's probably not too much of a surprise to hear that with steel and copper being two of the categories in construction materials seeing the biggest increases in prices, the demand has probably had a very nice impact on their stock prices. When you look at the price of stocks for public health manufacturers and distributors and contractors in the electrical market and distribution industries, it, it's interesting to see when that measured by the largest price increase for their 200-day moving average out of the 11 stocks with double-digit increases, five of them are either steel, conduit, or wire and cable manufacturers. They are leading the pack. Belden had a 200-day moving average increase of 17.8%. Nucor and Accor, the two big steel manufacturers, up 5.8% and 14.7%, respectively. Wire and cable manufacturer, Nexon's the global giant, up its price for that 200-day moving average, up 12.9%. And Encore Wire and Cable, with an increase of 11.3%, is also in the club of double companies with double-digit increases to their 200-day moving average. That wraps up things today for today's podcast. A special thanks to the folks at Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring today's Electrical Economy series of podcasts for 2021. Please contact me if there's any other type of economic data we'd like us to cover in these podcasts. Our next presentation is scheduled for Monday, September 27th. Until then, stay happy, stay healthy, and I look forward to talking with you in two weeks.